Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. This is a wonderful experience for me because I get to continue to paddle out into the waters of doing interviews face-to-face. I'm in my hometown, I'm in Santa Rosa, California, and I'm really happy to have Rob Mitchell joining me today. Rob Mitchell is a veteran of the Navy SEAL teams. He served in the Central Intelligence Agency. He is an accomplished ultra runner who has done all manner of extraordinary runs and events that test the very limits of human endurance. And we're gonna do an interesting deep dive here. We've done a fair amount of work on Explore the Space looking at the human experience as it relates to challenges as it relates to mental and physical toughness and what we can draw out of those experiences. And it's going to be a real thrill to deep dive into some of that with Rob. Before we get into that material, please take a look at the website, www.explorethespaceshow.com. The entire archive is there. All of the wonderful work that's already been done is all there for you to listen to and enjoy. Please find me on social media at etsshow.com on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter and I love interacting with my audience. So please come and find me there. You can email me at any time, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And we're available on any platform that you want to listen to podcasts on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your shows. Please subscribe and please leave us a rating and a review. It's a really powerful tool to help people find the show and to find the work that we're doing here at Explore the Space. All that being said, this is going to be really interesting and I'm, I'm really looking forward to jumping in. Rob, thank you so much for joining me. Mark, my pleasure. Thank you for coming over today. So we're going to talk about the fundamentals, the fundamental principle of toughness. We've talked a little bit before. We've talked over a little bit over the last few weeks about some of the things that you've experienced in your life. And you have done a number of things in the SEAL teams, in the Central Intelligence Agency, and then just of your own volition as an endurance athlete that we would all give the label of toughness, that you are a tough person. We, I feel like we reserve the label of toughness for people who do very extreme things. And what I want to try to tease out here is, in your opinion, right, when you hear that I tell you I think that you're tough, first, what does that mean to you? And do you feel like we are ascribing maybe too much, not enough, or just right when we give someone the label of being tough or having toughness? Well, I, thank you. Uh, first of all, I, I, I would never think of myself that way. I certainly would never refer to myself that way. And, you know, the, the qualities that you are describing to me, um, in a lot of ways, su- the superficial version that, that immediately pops into our heads, especially when you look at, you know, media uh, uh, representations of uh, military veterans or, or, or um, you know, superheroes and things like that, you know, those are immediately accessible because they are completely over the top. I mean, people really aren't like that. They're just not. Even guys that I know, with a few notable exceptions, but, but um, my former colleagues in the teams and, and elsewhere who served in combat in some of the most unbelievably challenging situations you can imagine and did some incredibly brave and heroic things are, you know, outwardly unremarkable in a lot of ways. And so I, I really don't like that superficial image of what it means to be tough. 
Um, and, you know, well, obviously we will talk about it in more detail, but, you know, to me, the simplest way to put it is it's usually not just in the person to be tough, but it's the circumstances, the people who are also part of the equation that add up to someone being tough in the sense yeah. that I think you mean. Um, and, and the way I like to think about this is there are two pathways to which people will be in a situation where they would need to be tough. There's an expected pathway, which we might say is something like going into the military or deciding that you want to train for a marathon, where you know you're going to subject yourself to some challenges. You know you're going to deal with adversity. You know these things are coming. You steal yourself, you prepare the best you can, and then you go and do it. In parallel, we have the unexpected challenges where in a vacuum, you're going about your daily life and you are suddenly called upon to tap into resources of toughness that you may not know that you have or think that you have or want to have. <laughs> That's how I conceptualize it. Does that make sense? Does that, is that a reasonable way to at least try to put some structure around this? Absolutely. Um, so in the first example, I think, uh, and I I've absolutely fallen into this category. I, the, the choices I made in my life professionally to enlist in the Navy and to volunteer for SEAL training and to stick with it, um, even though I didn't make it through my first time and, and go back and try again, that was a very specific set of goals, uh, which embodied in, in a lot of ways um, an internal or intrinsic desire on my part to see if I was, in fact, that tough. So you were seeking it out. Absolutely. You, toughness was a goal for you, it sounds like. Or, well, not, I, I would never use, I would not articulate it that way. Okay. But it was yeah. more a question of having a, a picture in my mind of what I thought would be available to me if I could prove that I could make it. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, as we talked a little bit before the interview, my family history uh, although we have a lot of you know military service tradition in my family, um, I was, uh, with the exception of my uncle, my uncle Bill in World War II, who you know enlisted because there was a war on. Uh, when I volunteered, it was peacetime, and um, I volunteered to go into combat arms, into you know the commando uh, path, and that's that was uh, uh, you might say anomalous in my family. <laughs> <laughs> so you had the opportunity though to seek out a pathway where you could test yourself. Yes. And as you're doing that, so let's talk about that first pathway where we where we seek out a challenge and we want to test ourselves, whether it's going to be going into combat arms, whether it's going to be going into medical school, Being a doctor, absolutely. whether it's going absolutely. to be, I want to be a police officer, yeah. whether I want to learn how to be a, just the best school teacher there is, whether I want to win a spelling bee. Right. Any, any, any person can walk down a pathway like that where they're going to test themselves and in doing so, I think you tease out some measure of personal toughness just in the endeavor, right? Sure. I think that's in the nature of commitment. Okay. Um, you know, look, it, it, um, I think it's, I know, I don't think, I know it to be true that when you commit to a goal, um, you, whether or not you fully understand the nature of the effort involved or the difficulties that will lie ahead and surely any goal worth pursuing will entail some difficulties. That's right. That's right. Um, and, you know, and certainly in my case, uh, I, it is very true that I was totally naive about what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and yet I committed to an outcome. Yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is, this is, by the way, 
something that I deal with professionally now with, with my business partner, Tom Shea, we've talked about a little bit. That's the core tenet is when you make a commitment, you honor your word. I said, I'm going to do this, even though there may be precisely zero supporting evidence that I can do this or that I even should do this. <laughs> um, but yet I say yeah. it's, a, it's a goal, it's a commitment, right. and I give my word and I will honor my word. That's you know fundamentally in the nature of what we're talking about. Uh, that definition, by the way, is impervious to outside criticism or outside influence or exigent circumstances or anything. Which is tough, though, right? Because when, when you hear those voices... That's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's really hard. That's right. Sure. You set a goal and the naysayers kick in and sure. the voice in your head kicks I, I, in. I was going to say, most of the naysayers are inside you know, that space between, above the shoulders. Your, yeah. between your ears. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's where they live. That's right. Um, that's right. But, but it, you know, and I, in my case, uh, you know, going back to that example, I, I remember distinctly one of my um, uh, buddies from college who remains a you know, great friend to this day sat me down very, and, you know, when I told him, hey, I'm joining the Navy, I'm going into the SEAL teams, he sat me down and very sincerely tried to talk me out of it huh. because he was concerned that I was making a huge life mistake yeah, yeah. because the person he knew, and if you knew me back then, nothing in my persona would have said, oh, yeah, that guy, he's going to be a SEAL. No way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. not on anybody's radar screen um, and so, therefore, that was part of what I had to combat yeah. just to get to the point where I could actually go try uh -huh. before I ever showed up at training. So, when you make that conscious choice, right, and, and what we're looking for, right, are those, those lessons that we can extrapolate, that anyone can draw out of this. They might say, well, I'm never going to be a Navy SEAL, so this doesn't apply to me. But the, the, the whole essence of this discussion is that <clears throat> it's in that pathway of seeking out a challenge Absolutely. and committing to it that you are going to be applying levels of toughness and i see it almost like part of that journey right you sign up for something you commit to it you're going to unscrew the cap on your own internal toughness in a way that's a great image what's yeah. in there so what what do you need to tap into if you're gonna if you want to be in, if you're in high school and you want to be an eagle scout or you right. want to go into the navy seal teams or you want to be a physician or you want to be a chemical engineer or a great husband or a great whatever right these things that take commitment when you tap into that, what, what's in there? What levers are you going to find when you look in there that you're going to pull? So I, th I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, your intrinsic motivation. Why am I doing this? What, what, doing? Is it, what is it that drives me to it? Is it I, I see uh, a role model somewhere in my life or possibly in, you know, popular media. Of course, there's no shortage. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I remember Top Gun yeah. you know, came out when I was a senior in high school and everybody wanted to be, be a fighter pilot. Who yeah. wouldn't want to be, yeah. right? And um, and certainly the military is very good at exploiting those uh, those images for for recruiting purposes. So I think in, in that sense, um, and maybe it is a doctor. When I was a kid, I wanted to be. I, I thought firefighters were the ultimate heroes. Uh -huh. I wanted to be a firefighter. Yeah. So so there's a part of it that is that is extrinsic. Um, you see something you want to model, and you you want to see uh -huh. if you have what it takes to go do that yeah. that thing to yeah. be that person. Yeah. So there, there's that part of it, and then I think, in, and I can say in my case, it's very true. Even though I had no idea what it would take to go be that, and even though, frankly, I didn't even really know what that was, <laughs> because yeah. imagine a time, you know, back in the in the in the mists of time before the internet. When there was no information about the Navy SEALs. There was no a one, real mystique around no it. No one yes. knew anything about right. it. And so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into yes. in any in the literal sense of the word. And yet I knew, based on what little I had been able to discover on my own, that 
that sounded pretty cool, um, and I bet I I bet I could do that. Uh-huh. I I want to find out, uh-huh. and that's the intrinsic part. Yeah, um, it, you know, you have some internal vision of yourself or who you are or who you could be. Uh-huh. That's what you described as opening yeah. opening up that jar and tapping into it. Um, even though you don't really understand the nature of the commitment you're okay. making to walk that path, uh-huh. um, and yet you start down the path anyway. You start down the path anyway. As you are on a path then, and the barriers crop up, which they're going to, you have to take an exam. You have to pass a physical fitness mm-hmm. test. I remember seeing a, a show that you and I talked about a little bit on the Discovery Channel where they describe right. Navy SEAL training as, you're going to spend a lifetime being cold and wet and tired and miserable. Truth and in you, advertising. That's right. You just know that that's coming, <laughs> yeah. but you do it anyway. Well, I would say it this way. You know that it's coming, but you don't really know what that is. Okay. And I, you know what? I would agree with that. Like I had to take the MCAT and I'm not comparing this to Navy SEAL training. And I think that that's what's important is that as you're doing this, we don't want to compare it to something else. No. You're it's doing a, what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Yes. It doesn't matter if I'm not going to be a Navy SEAL. I want to be a doctor. Right. I have to get that barrier down. Right. Rob wants to be a Navy SEAL. He has to get that barrier down. Correct. We're on parallel paths. We're doing similar work. We're trying to reach an end point. It doesn't matter... And I, I think that that's why I was so excited to talk with you about it. Am I right in feeling like it doesn't matter what the barrier is? It's no. a barrier to your goal and you have to surmount it. Correct. And that's where commitment comes in. You know, the, the obvious ones in the path to in military service, any, you know, elite unit that, that has a mystique about it, whether it's the Rangers, the Green Berets, Marine Recon, or I guess they, they call them scouts and raiders now, that it entails along uh, what you technically would call a selection and assessment program. Mm-hmm. Delta Force has a really interesting uh, selection and assessment program, uh, for example, where you don't actually know when it is you're being assessed because wow. it happens all the time. Uh-huh. And, and, and so there, there are aspects to where there are known challenges that you must directly confront. And then there are aspects to which there are challenges which are not known to you in advance and you may not even know at the time that it's part of the challenge, uh-huh. uh, and yet you are being assessed. You're being assessed, um, yeah. In my case, I, you know, there are a couple of anecdotes. You know, I, so I had uh, imperfect vision going in, and the I can't remember what the cutoff was, but it, you know, let's say you could only have 20, 50 vision or something like that, and I'm pretty sure I might have been a little outside the parameters. So in a technical sense, I never should have even been admitted into SEAL training let alone having to gone through it twice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a, a stunning revelation right now, and it's too, <laughs> they can't do anything about it because it's too late. I cheated. I cheated on the eye exam. Yeah, yeah. And not only did I cheat on the eye exam, I cheated on it twice. <laughs> and you know what? That was, that's to me, a perfect example. There is a barrier. Yeah. You could look at this and go, oh, well, shoot, my eyes aren't good enough. I guess I won't do it. Uh-huh. Uh, too bad. Would have been great. Would have been fun. Would have been awesome. Yeah. But my eyes aren't good enough. Yeah. Well, guess what? That was not going to let that stop me, and it's a piece of the puzzle. I'll sure. just say that. But, sure. but I would, to your point, you just never know where those obstacles are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. And and if you are truly committed to an outcome, you have to be prepared to do whatever it takes. To do whatever it takes, you know. And that that could lead to a philosophical discussion around the ends justifying the means. I don't know that that's what you want to talk about today. But the point is, in this context, yeah, you. In, on the path to achieving something extraordinary, yeah. you will do extraordinary things, period. And, and I would say that part of that, though, too, is those extraordinary things are going to include blocking out 
the external voices. Absolutely. Closing down the internal voices that say, you aren't strong enough, you aren't fit enough, you aren't wise enough, you aren't dexterous enough. That's hard work. It That's is fo- really that tough is work. That is the essence of focus. That's focus. Okay. That is 100% the essence of focus. Yeah. And the, I would certainly, uh, I can say this with some authority from my own experience, again, even present day, the essence of that commitment is you've got to have a worthy goal, mm-hmm. and that is that creates the conditions in which you can apply that focus. Yeah, I really, I mean, I'll be frank with you. I would have a hard time focusing with equal intensity on something mundane. Yeah, it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't. It, I couldn't do it. So then, think. let's think about this, right? Because we have these parallel tracks of you, you, you set a goal, you pursue something, and you will use these tools like commitment and focus as part of this milieu of being tough to get to that goal. And that's stretched out over some period of time, whether it's four years of undergrad or however many years it takes to move through from entering the Navy all the way to being a fully qualified Navy SEAL operator Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But let's move into a different lane where that time is really compressed, Mm -hmm. but we still have to figure out for an individual how to be tough. And my prism that I see this through is someone that comes to the emergency department oh, sure. and they leave the office because I don't feel quite right. And they don't feel very good. And they go to urgent care and urgent care says you need to go to the emergency room because you need a CT scan. And the CT scan comes back and the ER doctor says there's something abnormal and we're going to admit you to the hospital. And there's some amount of conversation that takes place. This has happened for me in my career as a hospitalist. I don't know how many times where this person's day started one way. Right. And the day is now very different because they have different people who they've never met before right. giving them the most frightening news that a human being can get. Or somewhere on that spectrum mm-hmm. of something really <clears throat> catastrophic or this isn't that bad, but we still need to admit you to the hospital. So their whole life is now uprooted and overturned. So we're compressing that time period. Is the process and are the tools that a person in that situation where they're not seeking out the opportunity to right, be tough. Right, it's right. being thrust upon them. Absolutely. Is the tool set the same or are there other things that you would, that in your experience and the experience of the people that you've been with over the last several decades, are there other things we need to be mindful of to bring to bear? So I, I actually think they're quite different okay. in some ways. And again, it has to do with intrinsic qualities versus externalities. Okay. Um, so in the situation you're describing, as you said, the circumstances are external, which cause you to uh, to be in that mindset mm-hmm. and to and you know presumably, you know that whole thing entails a, a wholesale reexamination of your life. Mm-hmm. That's in your scenario. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah, and that I, I imagine would be overwhelming to just about anybody. I, the only parallels I can draw from my own experience uh, had to do with failure. Um, mm-hmm. so I did not make it through SEAL training my first time. And mm-hmm. the day that I, you know, was dropped from training, I had to contemplate a future in which I was not going to be a SEAL. Mm-hmm. And I, it took me two, two years plus to get back to have another opportunity mm-hmm. and try again. When I applied to the agency, I had this great idea in my head. like, this is what my life is going to be I'm on this path. And guess what? They decided they didn't want me. So I had to contemplate now what, mm-hmm. as you said, your whole, you know, it's less dire circumstances, but I will say emotionally, that's got to be a similar mm-hmm. dynamic in the sense that... It's a vision of your life correct. being put into disarray. Totally disrupted. Yeah. And, and the hard, this is the hardest part I, I have found and continue to find in life 
is especially whether it's your day-to-day life of this is my normal or I am highly focused and highly motivated pursuing a goal on a path, the, the, the challenge becomes I have now, for whatever purpose, a void has been created, a vacuum. Mm, okay, yes. What do I pour into this vacuum? That's right. I don't know what to do next. How do we bridge these pieces back together? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, I mean, that is, I will, I'm not an expert, I'm not a psychologist. I imagine that fits the definition of trauma to some mm-hmm. degree, mm-hmm. emotional trauma. Yeah. Um, it yeah. certainly can, depending on the stakes. Certainly, there are you know, plenty of stories of, of uh, high-powered professionals who you know, have a bad day at the office or get fired or yeah. laid off, and they, you know, things go, <laughs> things go really sideways. Go really and they, sideways. But those realities are around us all the time. That's right. Um, and so I think your, your distinction is very important because the latter uh, example is one which most human beings will probably have to face. That's right. And that's it can be disappointment. It can be illness. You know, uh, somebody else's illness or, or your own. Um, yeah. It could be a lot of things. So then are the resources though that will tap that we need to be able to tap into are they the same are they different or is there overlap if we were to do a venn diagram of the immediate versus the planned right where is the overlap of the actual the skills that we'll need to tease out so for you it's you did hell week twice that's that's not something to be proud of. that's not (laughs) normal that's extraordinarily challenging right for for someone who Right, you're cold, you're wet, you're tired, you're not getting enough nutrition. Somebody who is hospitalized, they might be cold, their room might be cold, they are definitely tired, their sleep is disrupted, right? Their nutrition is all over the map. We may keep them nothing by mouth after midnight for a procedure, right? They're getting new medications. The same swirl is happening. Mm -hmm. Are the skills to move through that similar? Uh, I, I would say yes, from the standpoint, um that this, the, the qualities, the intrinsic qualities that allow yeah. an individual to, again, walk the difficult path, yeah. um, that, you know, there are a couple of words that people like to, to throw out. You, you know, if you read any of this stuff in business books and so forth, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about resilience. And my favorite, uh, Grit, has become this yes. watcher. There's a book written called Grit, I think, a few years ago. And there's a lot to that. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to, to, to joke about it, but... You know, the the inner uh, capacity to, you know, first of all, stay calm, don't panic, have some faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are elements of, call it the solution mm-hmm. that we're seeking. Yeah. Um, and your ability as an individual to to default to that as, mm-hmm. as a crisis response, mm-hmm. if you want to yeah. use those terms, uh, I think is very important. Okay. I would say that um, it becomes in some ways it becomes easier as you get older and you have more life mm. experience okay because by definition you will have you know I'm, I just turned 50 years old last year well I've had I've suffered a number of setbacks as we've talked about yeah. I've suffered a number of failures I've you know buried a lot of friends unfortunately um, I've you know suffered my own injuries and and so forth and so at this point in my life I know that no matter how bad things might seem in the moment, uh, they're probably not quite as bad as you think in the long run. Uh-huh. And if you stay calm, yeah. don't panic, yeah. and 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 stay focused on the essential elements of the situation that are important, um, you're probably going to be okay. So what you're, as you're saying those things, I'm thinking to myself that not only does that apply to the individual, 
but it also applies to their support network. Yes. And that's critical. Yeah. Absolutely so so critical. what are the things for the person who now turns to their support team? So you've done some really, really long trail runs mm-hmm. and you have a support team with you. Sure. And they have certain responsibilities that they're going to help execute on to get you through. I've been fortunate to crew the bad water a couple of right, times. Right, right. There are specific things you will do as a crew person to get them through. For a family member who has to help their family member who's now sick or injured or dealing with a failure or dealing with a difficult life circumstance, when you're coaching other people, mm-hmm. what do you give them? What, what tools do you say, look, when the chips are down, these are the things that you can do to help the person that you're supporting elevate their toughness, elevate their grit, elevate their character, their commitment, their focus. Here's what you can do to really give them an accelerant. That's a wonderful way to, to characterize it. So we'll talk a little bit about infrastructure, okay. support networks, yeah. support mechanisms. You know, for most people, that's their immediate family. Yeah. Uh, in my case, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not have done half the things I aspired to do, let alone fail at them and try again right. without the unconditional uh, and immediately available support of my family, okay. my parents, uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, other family members, um, and over time, friends who came to understand that that what I was doing was worthwhile and who supported me and continue to support me. Um, those elements are priceless. So going back to your original question about toughness, well, um, you know, sure, an individual can be tough, maybe in the classic definition, but without a support network, you're not going to accomplish much, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, uh-huh. uh, certainly not over time. There's a wonderful saying that I can't remember who told me originally, but I believe it is a great way of thinking about things, uh, especially in business as we, you know, we uh, elevate the uh, entrepreneur to, to hero status. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you need a team. Yeah. That is a fundamental truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in life, you know, really, when do you do things alone that yeah. are worthwhile? Uh-huh. Almost never. They don't feel quite the same no, as when there's people with not. you on the journey. That's Absolutely right. Absolutely right. That's right. So that's critical, I think. So building that infrastructure of family and then, like, let, let's, let's go out on a trail run with you. You've done 100-mile runs. You've sat with your team before the run. What have you specifically asked them to say, these are the things that you can do to support this adventure and to support our, our success together? These are the things that you can do that we can kind of pull into any other circumstance. Because again, it's, it's the same work. Right. It's a different circumstance. Right. You're going to go run 100 miles versus <clears throat> we're going to study for an examination or we're going to accomplish whatever goal it may be? What are those things that you try to coach people up on? The simplest things, two key elements are critical, clarity and accountability. Clarity around the goal, clarity around roles and responsibilities, clarity around measurable outcomes. Mm-hmm. If you want to, we always like to talk about everything has to be measurable. Right. Um, I think that's very important. Um, that's how you know whether you've won or lost yeah. or how you know if you're even doing a good job. Uh-huh. Um, that's critical. I think accountability is um, too often tossed around as a, you know, uh, a, a buzzword, but real accountability means ho- holding yourself accountable first and foremost, uh-huh. as we talked about before, honoring your word, uh-huh. I think. And part of that is making a proclamation if you want to use those terms. And so um, and I'm in the context that you're talking about, the simple act of saying, I'm going to do this. Now, you know, who's with me? That, uh-huh. That's sort of a, um, a, a simplistic way of looking at it, but, but that's really what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your 
ability to achieve any goal, um, I think, can be assessed to a large degree by looking at, okay, how many people are supporting me in this effort? If the answer is none, you're going to have a hard time. But if, if you say, hey, I want to go do this thing, and then 10 people raise their hands and say, absolutely, I'm in. Let's go do it. That's awesome. Your odds of success, I would say, go That's way, way up. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's a, another great saying. We joke about it. Uh, a leader without any followers is just a guy out for a walk. <laughs> right. You know, right, right. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. In the Navy, even in basic big Navy leadership training, when I was in you know, E4, E5, um, you know, they talked about the, obviously it was, a, in this case, a leadership training course, but one of the key elements, and they stressed this at every rank up to and including the chief of naval operations, the quality of followership uh-huh. is, that is a key component of leadership. Yeah. If you're going to be a leader, you must also be able to follow or uh, enable others to follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I think, under-examined as a dynamic in everything we're talking about. Yeah. And so in terms of, you know, whether it's an athletic contest, I think athletics is probably the easiest paradigm through which people can access a lot of what we're talking about in terms of individual toughness or, or form of resilience. Um, because it's the most common arena in which nowadays people mm-hmm. can challenge themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, in modern urban industrial society, you know, the average person does not have a lot of opportunities to test themselves mm-hmm. in any great capacity. Unless they seek it out. Unless yeah. they seek it out. And that's, that's right. why I think, I, I don't think I know, we've seen the rise in popularity of things like CrossFit uh-huh. and the you know, Spartan Games and team, uh, was it uh, the Ragnar competitions, yeah. things yeah. like that, yeah. which are, you know, on the one hand, they're really cool. And I love, you know, Tough Mudder is another great example. Yeah. Yeah. And and everyone should, you know, feel proud of doing those things and uh-huh. testing themselves. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of look at it and go, well, I I see why they're doing that because they, the, the, the ability to access um, that space, yeah. that headspace of yes. challenging yourself is just not, uh, it's not available, generally speaking, in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. And then longitudinally speaking, if you go through a challenge and you access these skills and you build your own unique set based on your own context, and then that challenge passes, you succeed mm-hmm. and you go on with life. When something happens again, are you more ready? Are you perhaps less ready? Or is it the same as the first time around insofar as if it happens once, is this a muscle that you have to constantly exercise? Or once you've got it, you've got it and you're all set? That's a great question. The short answer is both. Okay. Um, so I would imagine, I think it's a fair generality to say f- most people who actively seek challenges or who set themselves on a path that is challenging Having achieved a goal, they're probably not going to sit back on their laurels. You know, they're probably going to seek the next challenge. I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm nodding my head in agreement. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. You know, some will do yeah. it more obsessively than That's others. Right. That's right. I, That's I right. consider myself a little bit lazy in that regard. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll fire up for I challenge. love your definition of lazy. That's fantastic. <laughs> Good. All right, fine. But, you know, I yeah, mean, no, but, but this goes back your to point is taken, but focus <laughs> and so forth. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, right. I know I can do those things. That's I right. want to do those things, right. but I only want to do them. When it's a worthy goal. That's right. You know, something I can pour myself into. And there's a euphoria. Oh, absolutely. When you complete it. And it's nice to tap back into that and right. seek so that out again. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you slightly. Okay. It's not the euphoria of the accomplishment. Okay. It's the euphoria of the engagement. Oh, yes. No, that yes. I 100% agree. It's, it's the journey 
and seeing what you just did and the landmarks along the way and the memories and right. the there's the, that's the euphoria and yes. then having that in long-term memory for the rest of your life yeah. and saying, I want volume two, I want volume three, Absolutely. I want volume four. So uh, again, you know, prime examples from, from my own uh, experience in thinking about what I have, you know, sort of the reservoir that I can tap into yeah, yeah. from experience. Yeah. I will like the day that I drove through the front gates of the CIA to start my first day of work. I got to tell you, I was on cloud nine. Yeah, I mean it was unbelievable, and and that's a you know some people may say, well, that's crazy or whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but that's this is we're not we're not comparing. Right, right. This right, is right, your right. individual context. It's yeah. your journey. Yep. You know the barriers. Yep. You know the successes. For me, it's the one that I remember the most vividly is getting a phone call from the school that I ended up going to medical school at from the dean of admissions saying, yeah. Mark, you've been admitted. And the reason that I say that is there's a dean of admissions at Ohio State University who on social media, with the student's permission, films himself calling people to tell them, hey, Thomas, it's me. I'm calling to tell you that you've been admitted to... Oh, that's incredible. And that's you so hear their reaction. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And that's he, beautiful. He's beaming, and he's smiling, yeah. and they're crying. And it's so cool. Yeah. And that's volume one. And then it's volume two. And the, right. so it's that same... It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that they're not going to be in the CIA. It matters to right. them Absolutely. that they're getting that phone call. For you, it's, it matters to you that you're driving through that gate. That's the, that's the part. Right, right. And so... Coming back to your, you know, sort of larger question, when, you know, as we always do in life, we have reversals, whatever they may be, yeah. professional, personal, or otherwise, yeah. um, I, I absolutely have found myself reflecting back on the high points. Okay. I go, okay, in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. no matter what's what I'm facing today, it's part of, you know, a continuum of some pretty interesting experiences. Some would say big successes. Whatever, however you want to qualify that, I'll leave that to others. Mm -hmm. But but things that are meaningful to me, and 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 really having that feeling, it's it's an emotional thing. It really is. Being able to access that as yeah. a source of inspiration yeah. is very important. Yeah. Um, and that only comes with time. When you're younger and you don't have the benefit of those experiences, it's harder mm -hmm. because you simply don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't have it on an almost. Um, you know, genetic level at that point where you can really, it's like it's in your bones, right? Mm -hmm. You know it. Um, and that helps define who you are as a human being. Um, so, so definitely as you get older, as you go through more of these experiences, you survive one way or the other, survive a tough experience, maybe even thrive in the face of adversity, which mm -hmm. by the way is, you know, people like to talk about growth experiences. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's not politically correct to say this, but I'm here to tell you for people like me who sought out those paths, you know, I'm extremely thankful that I had the experience of going to war. Mm -hmm. It's not a nice thing to say. Yeah. But for me, war was a growth experience. Yeah. And I would say many of my buddies, my colleagues, would say the same. It, there's simply no substitute for it. This puts all those things you talked about into the most intense focus you can imagine, yeah. where circumstantially now, even yeah. with all the training, even with all the other stuff, I promise you, you will be put in a situation where you're Johnny on the spot and you better make things happen right now. Otherwise you might die or yeah. others will die. Yeah. And that's that surviving that kind of experience. And in fact, thriving during that kind of experience yeah. is profound. It, it's the ultimate growth experience. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I could compare it to. But I would, I would say that that's what you just said, that you don't know what you could compare it to. I think that's the, if there's one takeaway from this conversation, 
for someone who's not going to go to war, it doesn't actually matter. They shouldn't compare what they're going to do that feels <clears throat> meaningful, that will take commitment, or the emergent circumstance where yes. they then have to tap into the, the skills are going to be the same. I believe they are. Yes. Okay. So that's the, the emotional, um, the emotional range, you know, that the will that it takes to thrive yes. in adversity yes. is intrinsic. And I think it's universal. Okay. Absolutely right. I and mean, I completely agree with so you. So that commitment, that focus, that will, they're universal. We have them. We have to tap them. Absolutely. Okay. And so, so to that end, uh, you know, and I know that ultimately that's what we talked about before is the sort of the focus is at how do we help people tap into that? That's right. You know, if it's any, uh, if it's any um, help, you know, most of the people who make it through these tough military trainings are not the big, tough, brawny guys, not uh-huh. the big, you know, the brawlers and the fighters and the, and the, um, the, the bodybuilders. Yeah. They're typically guys who are mediocre athletes. Maybe they're not even big guys. Maybe, um, maybe they're a little shy, uh-huh. you know, who knows? But, yeah. but the point is what emerges over time out of these trainings, um, and multiple iterations over, you know, with the SEAL teams, I think we have 60, 57 years yeah. of data to draw on yeah. of guys going through training. Um, it, it, you know, the, the mantra is that we take ordinary men and I'll basically show them how to be extraordinary. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the key is that it's, it is within you, but you seldom have the opportunity to unlock it and, and seeking those circumstances, circumstances in your daily life that will allow you to tap into it has become very difficult in our society. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the best way I can think about it is, uh, you know, it's again, sort of a cliche to say it, but you got to choose to do some scary things. Yeah. Whatever scares you in life. If you want to tap into those things, that's how you do it. I think our next conversation is going to be on a topic that I love and is very, very dear to my heart. And that's being out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah. This has been absolutely fascinating. I have loved this and I will reflect on this a little bit and sort of sit in this space and then we will circle back because getting out of the comfort zone, my wife will tell you that is something I bring up in our house household all the time. And it's I'm a late adopter and it's been very meaningful for me. But this part here around the levers we can pull around toughness, around how we just conceptualize it so that it's we recognize that it's something that we can all access and more importantly, we can all help one another to access, I think is really valuable. I'm really grateful to you taking the time to have this conversation. This has been absolutely wonderful. My pleasure indeed, and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com, and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show, and you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.